Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Said? Amen, amen, amen. amen. Good morning, everybody. Good Good to be in God's house with God's people. Good to see some uh, old faces in the house as well. It's just good to be here. My name is Rick Thompson. I want to welcome you. I want to welcome those who are joining us online. This is the exciting conclusion of our series that we have entitled God's PPE. What what does PPE stand for? Personal protection, personal protective equipment. And and we based that on Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, which told us all about the spiritual battles that we will be engaged with. And it tells us why we're supposed to apply God's armor and how we're supposed to do it. Well, we went over how we're supposed to do it over the last few weeks. Put on the helmet of salvation, take up, put on the breastplate of righteousness, take up the sword of the spirit, which, which the Bible says is the word of God. And the, apply the shield of faith, take up the shield of faith, which the scripture says is able to extinguish all the fiery darts of the enemy. And to put on the belt of truth, which holds it all in, in place. And we said truth is, what, is what's being attacked today. The devil is a liar and he's a father of lies. Uh, uh, and, then, and then we also talked about uh, uh, last week applying or having our feet shod or fitted with the preparation of the gospel of peace which basically means to be ready to share the gospel at all times. Amen? And so it's been a series of messages, and I encourage you that if, you're not, if you've missed any of them, go back online. We have our YouTube channel. Matter of fact, now would be a good time to tell you to subscribe and to like our channel and to share it with other people if you missed any of them. Well, that kind of covers the entire spiritual body. So how do we get to... Okay, this is the exciting conclusion if we've already covered everything else. Well, we actually haven't covered everything. If you've listened to the last part of what the guy said, uh, Paul Paul didn't just leave it at the arm of God. He said there's there's one more thing we we all ought to do if we're going to ensure victory in our lives. Anybody want victory in their lives? Continual victory in our lives? He says there's one more thing that needs to happen. And, And in Ephesians 6, 18 through 20, this is what it says. It says, and to pray and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always be keeping on. Help me out, somebody. <clears throat> Praying for all the saints. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador. We talked about that last week in chains. And then it says, pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. <clears throat> so in three verses, Paul tells us five times to pray. To pray, 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 pray. In order to maintain victory in our lives, we have to develop a life of prayer. Come on, somebody. And that's the title of this morning's message. It's a, it's a life of prayer. Now, speaking of prayer, I heard, a, I heard a, a, about a man who was walking along a California beach, and he was deep in prayer. And all of a sudden, he heard a loud voice, and the Lord, and he, and he said to the Lord, I mean, he, he, he said out in a loud voice, Lord, please grant me one wish. And suddenly, the sky, cloud, the sky clouded above his head, and in a booming voice, the Lord said, because you have tried to be faithful to me in, in all ways, I will grant you one wish. And the man said, please, Lord, build me a bridge to Hawaii 
so I can drive over any time I need to see beautiful sights and alleviate the stress in my life. Anybody stressed out today? Come on, somebody. And the Lord said, your request is very materialistic. Think of the logistics of that kind of undertaking. The supports required to reach the bottom of the Pacific, the concrete and the steel it would take. I can do it, but it's hard for me to justify such an intervention just to satisfy your desire for worldly things. Take a little bit more time and think of another wish, a wish you think would truly evoke my almighty power of blessing. So the man thought about it for a long time, and finally he said, Lord, (laughs) I wish that I could understand women. I want to know how they really feel, what they're thinking when they give me the silent treatment, why they cry when they mean, uh, why, they, why, when, uh, why they cry, what, what they mean when they say, oh, it's nothing, and most important, how can I make a woman truly happy? <laughs> After a few moments, God said, do you want two lanes or four lanes on that bridge? <laughs> I love that joke. That's funny. But speaking about prayer, and a life of prayer. Prayer simply means, and this is on your outline, I want you to write this down, it simply means talking with God. Right? We don't have to over-spiritualize it. That's what it means. It means talking with God. Now I say with God, and not just at God, because many of us don't talk with God, we talk at Him. And true communication is two-sided, amen? Talking to God and then doing what? Someone say listening. Listening to what He has to say. Now why is that important? Because one word from God can change your life forever. Amen? In fact, the Bible says man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now think about that just for one moment. How did this world, seen and unseen, come into creation? Well, if you look at the book of Genesis, it says God spoke the word, and then it happened. Amen? And so every single one of us are still living on on the words of God. And so the Apostle Paul says, in addition to applying God's armor or his PPE to our lives, we all need to pray and to seek the word of the Lord in our, in our daily matters. Now, how important is prayer right now? Well, I look at the scriptures in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, and you tell me if it doesn't line up with what seems to be happening in the world today. It says, when Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord, and the royal palace, and had succeeded in carrying out all that he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and I've chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. Verse 13. <clears throat> when I shut up the heavens so that there's no rain. Now, let me just ask you, who's shutting up the heavens? Who's doing it? Oh, Okay. Or command locusts to devour the land. Or send a plague among my people. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and do what? And pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Now he talks about these uh, situations coming on the planet, whether they be drought or whether they be plagues. And in the world, it says, the world wants to kind of write God out of the picture altogether and say the reasons these things are happening has nothing to do with God. And they they try to attribute, well, actually, they're blaming it on human beings. And in a a roundabout way, God is saying it has everything to do with 
what you guys are doing or what we're doing too. It's called sin in the land. And if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then he says, then he says, I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Amen. And so, interesting what gets heaven's attention. He says, I heard your prayers. Folks, we need to talk to God. Amen. More than ever. Now, why? Because when we talk to God, it shows, I want you to write this down, our dependence on him. Our dependence on him. There's basically two groups of people in the world today who don't talk to God. There's what I call the prideful or the arrogant or possibly the atheist. And, and quite possibly the second other person group is the hopeless. The prideful act like they don't need God, so they don't call on him. The hopeless have kind of lost their hope, so they've stopped crying out to God. And so they, so they think that God doesn't care, so they start to lose their faith. And so to that group, I want to point you to Abraham, who the scripture talks about in the Bible. It says in Romans 4.17, he, he had his own hopeless situation. It says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Let me, can I read that one more time? The God who gives life to the what? To the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. So how many know that God never met a hopeless situation? Come on, some. We have, but our God is not. Amen? And then it says in verse 18, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it has been said uh, to him, so shall your offspring be. And so Abraham became the father of all, of, of actually many nations, but especially the Israelites. But he also became the father of faith, the father of faith for all of us who believe. Why? Because he believed God against all hope. He was old and his wife was old, past childbearing age. I believe when she got the promise that she was going to have a child, she was 70 years old. How many 70-year-old women do you know have babies? Just the one that we heard about in the Bible, right? And so she was 70 when she first got the promise, but actually she wasn't 70 when she had the baby. How old was she when she had the baby? She was like 90, something like that. And so another 20 years would go by before that child would come. So her womb, the scripture says, was as good as dead. It was as good as dead. And he was like 100 years old. And so, so, so to get this promise, when you're 70 and then you have to wait another 20 years, it was a truly hopeless situation. But the Bible says, against all hope, in hope, Abraham believed and trusted God. Come on, somebody. And what did God do? God came through. He came through and made him the father of many nations. That, and, and, and he put him in a situation that only God will get the glory. Do you believe that God will put you in a situation that he will get the glory only? He's not into sharing his glory with anybody. Come on, somebody. He might put you in a situation where you, you, the only person you can say is only God did it for me. Amen? And that's not a bad place to be. Friends, I know there are many people... in under the sound of my voice, either listening online or in here today, who you're facing a seemingly hopeless situation, be it a financial shortfall because of the, what's going on in the world, 
Maybe there's a medical situation going on. I know there's people even in our church who are facing medical situations, emotional things happening. Something has horribly gone wrong in your life. I want to encourage you today. I want you to look at the example, and even I encourage myself, the example of Abraham today. And don't let hopelessness, don't let your situation dictate your circumstance. Amen. If you have God in your life, it ain't over till he says it's over. Amen. And so against, in hope, against all hope, Abraham believed God. Don't let hopelessness take root in your life. And for that matter, don't let pride keep you from praying and believing God because God has no limitations. Can I get an amen on that? In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, the apostle Paul, again, he didn't just leave us with the arm of God. He told us what we all need to do. He tells us that we all need to be praying five times. He tells us how to pray. I want you to write this down real fast. He says, pray in the spirit. He tells us when to pray. Pray on all occasions. He tells us what to pray for. All kinds of prayer and prayer requests. And he tells us who to pray for. He says all believers. I'm going to say it again. How to pray. Pray in the spirit. When to pray on all occasions. What to pray for. All kinds of prayer requests. Who to pray for. All believers. Let's take the first one first. How are we supposed to pray? It says pray in the spirit. Now we hear that term, but now oftentimes we don't know what that means. To pray in the Spirit, I want, for today's definition, I want, I want you to write down somewhere. To pray in the Spirit means to pray in the will of the Father and in the word of the Father. Pray in his will and pray in his word. How many know that God's got a will? And he's not going to break his word. My Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away, but not one word will pass away from the Father. So, so, so one way you can pray in the Spirit or in line with God's Spirit is to pray his will and to pray his word, which, which, which means you kind of remind him of his promises. Now, for example, there are many people today who are looking for love. There was that song a long time ago, looking for love in all the wrong places, right? And so you're looking for a mate. And so you go to the Father in prayer and you say, Father, your word says it's not good for a man or a woman to be alone. That's praying his word. Please bring this person into my life because, because you said you're going to give me the desires of my heart. That's, again, that's praying his will. But then all of a sudden a person shows up. And when that person shows up, you also need to apply his word and his, and his, and his will into your life. You need to ask, is this person a believer? Why is that a, a pertinent question? Because he says, I don't want you unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And so it's the, it's the word of the Lord and it's the will of the Father in his word. The problem comes when we start taking God's word and, 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 and playing with his will and we start compromising with it and justifying it. The person comes into our life and this person is already married. Come on, somebody. But then we start to rationalize and justify. Well, he's a nice guy and, and, and he's, he says he's separated from his wife. And, and so God will forgive me and, and we're going to try. We're going to work things out until he gets divorced. Or, or the person's not married, but the person's not a believer, and you have no intention of marrying them right now. So I'll, what I'll do is I'll just, I'll just live with them for a year or so to see if we're compatible. How many know that's going on all over the place? Even among Christians. 
And the Bible says if, if you know the right thing to do and you don't do it, what's it called? It's called disobedience. It's called sin. And so what we've done is we've taken the will of the Father for you not to be alone, but now we're, com- we're, 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 we're compromising on his word, which says I don't want you to be with un- an unbeliever, and I don't want you living in sin. And when we start to do that in our lives, how many of you know it starts, to, it starts to mess up our ability to hear what his word has to say? Amen? And, 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 to, and to discern what his will is in our lives. We start becoming a walking contradiction. Even though we've got part of it down, we need to, we need to have both of them down, his word and his will. So much of God's will is found in the, in the, in the it is written. Did you know that? We can go to God's word and find a lot of his will. Isn't that why Jesus, when he was tempted by the enemy, came back with it is written? Because he knew that a lot of the, 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 the will of the Father was already in the word of the Father. So if we get to that place where we start to line up our life as best we can with his word, we'll be doing a whole lot better than if we just start making things up as we go along. Now, I'm not talking about the law. I'm talking about the, the spirit of God's word. Amen? And so we want to stick, a lot of times, just stick with the New Testament and stick with the spirit of God's word. Now, there's a, another reference in the Bible about praying in the spirit, and, and it's in, in God's word in 1 Corinthians 14. It has to do with, with the gifts of the spirit, tongues, interpretation of tongues, uh, and, and, and all of the gifts of the spirit, prophecy, and all this other stuff. And I want you to know that as a church, we believe in all of the gifts of the spirit. Living Water Community Church believes in every single one of them. And we've covered them in series in the past, and we might cover them again as we go along, and we will cover them again, Lord willing. But for today, praying in the Spirit means to pray in the will and, the, and in the word of the Father. Amen? When is the right time to pray? Scripture says all times and all occasions. It's not just limited to church and the meals or even on bedtime. You can pray while you're walking. You can pray while you're driving. I don't suggest you close your eyes when you do that. You can pray while you're working out or even in the shower while you're at home or at work or in a park. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says to pray continually. Say that with me. Pray continually. That's a good one to memorize. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. What does that mean? It means, to keep, it means to keep the lines of communication open at all times with the Father. Don't let anything or anyone uh, shut out your communication with God. Amen? Amen? Don't even let sin come in and shut it out. Amen. And I, I always suggest that you could keep a regular prayer time or and a, a, a regular prayer, a, a place of prayer, because it's too easy to, to say, I'll, I'm going to pray today, and you get up, and you, and you start going to work, and you start doing your routine, and before you know it, the whole day has gone by. So keep a regular time as well. What can you pray for? All kinds of prayer requests. How many know there's nothing too big or too small for God? I, 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 I've asked God for full-blown things. I, when we first started in the ministry, my wife and I, we, we were going around looking for, we knew that God was, was, was calling us into the ministry, and we needed a place of worship, and we were looking for places to, 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 to worship. How many know that you're sitting in answered prayer? Amen. This building was given to us some 20 years ago because God answered our prayer. And when I say given, I, I, I truly mean that, that God has been, he's blessed us with this building. And so there were big things. We prayed for, we prayed for healing in people's lives. And I've seen God do miracles along those lines as well. So we prayed for big things. 
But, but we've also prayed for little things. I've asked, I've asked God to, pray, to help me find my car keys. I, I said, Lord, can, can you help me? The, you ever been in a situation where you've, where you've been around people in, in one setting and then you see them in another setting and you can't remember their names? I've I, I bumped into people in stores <laughs> and they say, hey, Pastor Rick. I said, oh, hello. Uh, uh, do I know you? Well, I've been coming to your church for two years. <laughs> Which makes it more difficult today because half the church is coming in in masks. <laughs> and so I say, Lord, please help me remember their names. And God, sometimes, sometimes that, that, that name would just float right in there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So I prayed for big things. I prayed for little things. And he answers our prayers. But understand this. Sometimes, sometimes when you pray for things, God will say yes. And sometimes he will say wait. And that's probably the hardest time when he says to wait because, because now you're in God's waiting room. And nobody likes to be in God's waiting room. Uh, uh, Joseph was in God's waiting room when he got the dream and f- to the time where it was, he got the dream and to the time it was fulfilled was some 17 years later. I'm not talking about 17 minutes or 17 hours. It was 17 years and there was a big old weight that, that God had put on him. Abraham and Sarah got the promise when, they were in their, when she was in her 70s and didn't see the fulfillment of the promise until she was in her 90s. That was 20 years. So sometimes God will say, yes, immediately, and you'll see the results. Well, within a certain period of time, we got a prophetic word that by the, by the end of the year, next year, you'll be in, a, in your own church building. And I said, I told our church leadership, listen, we won't have to wait long to see if this is a word from the Lord. And sure enough, when we stepped out, by the end of the year, next year, God had produced a church building for us. Amen? Amen. We didn't have to wait long, but there are some words you've been waiting on for a long time. And God didn't necessarily say no to it. He just said, wait, I'm working it out. Turn to someone and say, he's working it out. But there are some words he says. Someone told me, he said, you, you, Pastor Rick, you told me that, that God says yes. He says, wait, he never says no. I said, I've never said God never says no. God sometimes says no. He absolutely does. He says no if it's not his will and it's not his word. Come on, somebody. And, 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 and he doesn't want that for you. So yes, I'm, sometimes God will tell you no. A good pattern of prayer for us to look at is in the scriptures when Jesus was asked by his disciples, Father, show us how to pray. And, he, and, he, and in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, and in Luke as well, he says, in this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. When we go to God, we want to, we can write this down somewhere, we want to enter God's presence with praise. Amen. He is holy and he's deserving of our praise. That's why we start the service in worship and praise. And then he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it, in, as, it in, as it is in heaven. Make God a priority. Jesus said, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. And so we make him a priority. And when you go to God in prayer, you can pray for his, uh, his priority in your life. You can pray for his priority in your children's life. You can pray for his priority at your work on this planet. Amen. At your church. Give us this day our daily bread. And, and, uh, so we want to ask God for his provisions. When it says daily bread, somewhere right down somewhere, it says ask, for, ask God for your needs and not your greeds. Come on, somebody. We'll talk about that in a moment. And then in verse 12, it says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Don't 
forget to ask God to forgive you of your sins. He, the Bible says he's faithful and just forgive us if we ask him. And there are things that God has called us to do, and there's things that we, that, that we, that we don't do uh, that we should have done. Ask him to forgive you, but don't leave off the rest. He said, forgive us our, our debts as we forgive those who, who, who we have debts against. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. In other words, we also need to forgive the people who've done things to us. That's a hard word sometimes. But there's one place in the scripture, he, the scripture says if we don't forgive others, God's not going to forgive us. So we want to make sure that we, that we are walking in forgiveness. It says, then do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Ask for God's power over the temptations in our lives because the enemy is going to bring them. If he, if he brought them to Jesus, you're not better than Jesus. He's going to bring them to you as well. And then it says, and for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And you start with praise, you end with praise, and you give God thanks. Amen? Amen. And of course, who does he want us to pray for? Uh, want us to pray for all the saints. Pray for everyone everywhere. Now, I want to cover really quickly four different kinds of prayer for you. There's the prayer of trust. Write that down. 1 Peter 5, 7, it says to cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. What's troubling you today? Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and your body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who, if you by worrying, who of you by worrying can add a single hour of his life? Did you know that Jesus said you are much more valuable than the birds? Contrary to what the world is saying, <laughs> sea turtles and all the other stuff is much more valuable or an equal plane. But he says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Man, if we could just get this down, these two verses down, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And who, and who of you, by worrying, can add a single, life, uh, a single hour to your life? If we can get these down, how many know we'd probably close a lot of the psychiatric hospitals today? Yeah. We, 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 we would put the psychologists and the therapists out of business, not to mention Big Farm with their pills and their potions and probably the liquor stores because there's a lot of people who are out there today who are just anxious and, and rather than taking things to God, they're going, they're going inside of a bottle. The Bible says to cast all our cares on him because he, he cares for us. In exchange for our anxiety, he says, I'll give you my peace. That's the prayer of trust. Now there's a prayer of faith, Matthew 21, 20, verse 22. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Mark eleven twenty four. That's what I call the, the, uh, an Abrahamic prayer. Believing that God will make a way even where there seems to be no way. Sometimes you got to believe in faith that God is going to make a way for you. Amen? you got to put it in trust. A lot of times when God will give us a promise, what we will do as a, as a family, we call it a family jiggy. We will get around as a family, we will join hands, and oftentimes we will thank him for things that he's done. But if it's a promise that we're believing God for a breakthrough, we will get together. We'll start praying and thanking God for it. And then we'll start dancing before the Lord as a family, thanking him for for that thing that we are believing him for. Come on, somebody. I call it the prayer of faith, trusting that he's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen? 
Then there's the prayer of agreement, Matthew 18, 18 through 20. I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, Jesus speaking. Again, I tell you in verse 19 that if two of you on earth agree about, about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. Come on, somebody. How many know we got way more than two or three in here? Come on, somebody. That we've gathered in the name of Jesus. There is power in, in prayer and there's power in numbers. My Bible says one can put a thousand to flight and two can put 10,000. And so I've done the math. How many does three put? How many does four put? How many does 50 put to flight? When it comes to prayer, my prayer needs, when, when I'm going through something, and listen, I get as many people praying for me as possible. Because I I'm, I'm believing the multiplication of prayer that God has the ability to hear these prayers and, and, and it will move heaven. We need to pray the prayer of agreement. And then there's the prayer of surrender. This is, a lot of one, this is one that a lot of people don't like. Because this is one that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. In Luke chapter 22, verse 42, he says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. What was the cup? The cup was something unpleasant that he was about to face. The cup for him was going on the cross, was the crucifixion. And the truth is, we, listen, we may not like or understand what's happening in our lives, but, but if we surrender our will to the Father, how many know the Father knows best? And he's got the bigger picture. That's what Jesus' prayer was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Did he like what was about to happen? No. But he knew that he had a greater purpose. And so he surrendered his will to the will of the Father. Take, please take this cup from me. Nevertheless, this thing that I'm about to face, it, it, you know, it's got him sweating like drops of blood in the garden. But he said, nevertheless, let, let, not my will be done, but let your will be done. What is God asking you to surrender to him today? What have you been facing that God is saying, listen, turn that over to me. And, and I know it looks really bad for you in this situation, but allow me to uh, trust that I have the big picture in, in mind, that what's going to happen is going to turn out for your good and for his glory. Amen? And let me end with this, the four B's to answer prayers. Anybody want to figure out how to get your prayers answered? Just me? Be vocal. The Lord's prayer says this. It says, now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he, when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his, his disciples. And this is what Jesus said, verse 2. So he said to them, when you pray, help me out somebody. Say, to do what? When you pray, what does it say? What's that word? Say, say, say. Someone say, say. When you pray, say, 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 our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. He says, when you pray, say it. When I go into prayer, I pray out loud. You want to know how Pastor Rick prays? That's how he prays. I pray out loud and I pace. Every now and then I'll get, I'll get down on my face but most of the time, I'm praying the word of God. I'm praying the will of God. I'm praying, I'm praying for God's blessings to come, come into our lives. I'm praying for my children, and I'm praying out loud. Amen? Amen? 
so that my mind will hear what I'm saying and I, and, 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 along those lines. So pray, be vocal. Then also be in agreement. And we talked about this, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask for or what we ask of him. Now listen to me. His will may not be for me to own a Lamborghini or a Porsche or the biggest house on the block or, or, or to always be able to go to the finest restaurants. His will may not be for you to play in the NBA. So many young people, I'm praying to God that I make it to the NBA. Most people don't make it in the NBA. And that may not be God's will for your life. He says, actually, and we've said it already, give us this day our daily bread. So it seems to me it's more about our needs rather than our greeds. If, if you needed those things in order to fulfill God's plan, like I believe that if I needed a church building to fulfill the plan that God had for me, that God would provide a church building. If I needed a car to get from point A to point B to preach the gospel or to do the will of the Father or to do my work that I need to do, God will provide that. If I needed a certain amount of funds to get things done, I believe God will provide those things. Amen? But if it's not in his will, <laughs> you know, then he, he might say, no, that's not my plan for you. God's got a plan. And it's, it behooves us to seek his will so that we can work out the plan that he has for us. Does that make sense? Yeah. Amen. And then third, be grateful. Be grateful. Yeah. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, be by prayer and petition. What does that say? With? With what? With what? What do we have coming up? <laughs> With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. In other words, he's telling you to thank him in advance. With thanksgiving, make your requests to God. Something about gratitude just moves the heart of the Father. Jesus mentioned it in when, when the, remember when 10 lepers came to him asking for healing? And he told them to go present themselves uh, to the temple people and whatever. And nine kept going and one came back. They all got healed, but only one came back. And Jesus said to, to them, didn't all 10 of you get healed? But only one of you guys came back to give glory to God? There's something about maintaining an attitude of gratitude that moves the heart of God. Be thankful and be grateful. And I know it's difficult, especially in times like today, but it's important for us to focus on those things that God is blessing us with. It says uh, whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, think about those things. The devil would have us think about everything else, whatever is not working, whatever is whatever our shortcoming is, whatever is medically wrong with us, whatever. And, and, that, and that thing that we focus on tends to be the thing that becomes more real in our lives. And, and so there's something to be said about maintaining an attitude of gratitude and being grateful. Does that make sense? So what's the first B? Be vocal. 
What's not the second one? Agreement. Be in agreement with what God says. What's the third one? Let me give you the last one. Be steadfast. Be steadfast. James 1, 6. But when he asked, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is what? Faithful. For the one who promises is faithful. Listen, if I put my trust in man, man will fail us often. But my Bible says the one, if I hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, the one who promises is faithful. God cannot tell any lies. Amen? And so we place our trust in him. In other words, become like Abraham. Hold on to those promises Hold on to every single one of them like a dog on a bone. I'm not letting go. I'm not, I'm not going to allow doubt and unbelief. I'm not going to allow the, the, the news of the day to drag me into a place of despair, of discouragement. I'm going to take my stand on God's word. I'm going to claim it for myself. I, I'm going to position myself in his will and so much of it is in his word I'm going to line those things to, those two things up as best as I can and I'm going to take my stand and I'm going to pray the Bible says without ceasing after I apply the PPE <laughs> of, of his personal equipment, protective equipment onto my life. That's where God wants us. Now my question to you this morning is do you have any prayer needs? Are there things going on in your life right now that you need to see God move? Well, he invites us to not be fearful, but he says to cast all our cares on him because he cares for us. And so for the next minute or so, um, let's just go before the Lord. And whatever it is, whether it's a financial something or a medical something, um, Believe that you're in agreement with your brothers and your sisters here today, trusting that God is going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, you have called us to be in constant communication with you. You've given us your word. You've given us your PPE to take our stand against the schemes of the enemy. You call us to prayer. Father, you, you know the hearts and the lives of those who are here and those who are listening online. You know the struggles that some are facing a, a seemingly hopeless situation, uh, even, even things that look like they've died. That you said you call those things that aren't as though they are. There's never a situation that you cannot overcome. And so, Father, whatever that situation is, again, be it medical or financial, be it a relationship issue going on with your children or with your, with your sheep, I pray, Father, that we have turned that thing over to you. And like Abraham, against all hope, in hope, 
We believe, Lord, that you will make a way where there seems to be no way. We put our trust in you today. And we thank you, Lord, for answered prayer. We thank you, Lord, for sending your son to die on the cross for us and to give your life for us and to make us part of your family. Father, today we believe and we receive. We trust and we obey. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said amen. Amen and amen. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.